Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble star, punkin' instigator. As more and more people are starting to realize, the world is changing in ways that make it prudent to not just prepare, but over-prepare. With the federal government more or less declaring war on its own people, and with various factions within the United States, or even external actors overseas, conducting strikes on everything from critical infrastructure to residential areas, we now have to admit that things aren't going super great. And with certain elements of society out there encouraging a civil war with every breath they take, we have to examine ourselves and assess what capabilities we will have moving into a very turbulent future. And the field of logistics is no different. So here are five questions that you must ask yourself to ensure that you are prepared logistically as we move forward into this brave new world. Number one, are your logistics appropriately assessed? Too often we go onto YouTube or some random blog and listen to somebody tell us what we need. Sure, a lot of these resources are great for getting ideas. After all, the prepping community is large and full of really smart people. However, everyone is different. And even though most preppers will say something like, Everyone needs to have the basics, but your situation will vary. People rarely focus on the second part of that sentence. Yes, the prepping community is branching out and impacting markets in positive ways, but even today, we see so many people spending so much money on things that perhaps can take a back seat for a while. Therefore, it is very important to make sure that your logistics and supplies are proportionate. As the old analogy goes, it's not a great idea to have a brand new shiny rifle, but nothing to eat in the whole house. So before you stockpile your millionth round of 9mm, it might be a good idea to think about supplementing that closet full of ramen with some other stuff. Number two is, are you prepared for critical vulnerabilities? Most likely, everyone who watches this video will have some very basic supplies on hand. And that's great. But considering our unique issues that we face today, the challenge becomes much greater, as evidenced by everything from the recent wave of cyber attacks to the ever-given grounding incident in the Suez Canal. In short, our global supply networks are some of the most vulnerable entities on Earth. Relying on overseas trade is not necessarily a bad thing itself, but it's not a good idea to rely on it so heavily that a single factory going offline in China can mean that your local Walgreens does not have Tylenol for weeks. That's what we would consider a critical vulnerability. And lots of different prepping items fall into this category. Things that are difficult or impossible to make or build, but also come from a few sources that can easily be targeted by foreign or U.S. governmental forces. A great example of this was the recent fuel shortage. I don't know about you, but I cannot pump crude oil out of the ground and process it into gasoline in my garage. I have to get it from somewhere else. Oh, and that somewhere else is a pipeline that can easily be taken offline by a single employee opening a spam email. And gasoline isn't the only thing that falls into this category. People put thousands of dollars into prepping their vehicles for the apocalypse, but how many people have a full set of four spare tires in storage for a day that rubber exports from the Pacific are impacted or cut off entirely by war? Same idea with medical supplies. Again, most people have some amount of medical supplies in their homes. You might even be super high speed and have lots of bleeding control items like pressure bandages and tourniquets. 
And you might be the uber prepper who goes online and buys fish antibiotics, which warrants a discussion of its own, but how many people have a full closet full of wound dressings? Anyone who has had surgery or a, a large wound that takes a long time to heal will tell you, you will go through wound dressings like there's no tomorrow. You can go into Amazon or someplace better and find something like a bulk pack of gauze bandages and pair this with various non-stick surgical dressings or even non-sterile gauze and you're good, right? And not really. Even one person who is treating one injury on their body, changing dressings only twice a day, will go through this entire package in just a couple of days. Now imagine having more than one wounded person. Oh, and imagine not being able to buy these bandages because they are all made in China. And if we ever go to war with China, we mere peasants are not going to have any at all possibly for years. So when it comes to long-term logistics, we have to remember these critical vulnerabilities, these really weak links in the chain that can cascade a very small problem into a very large problem. And this leads directly to the next point. Are your supplies combat ready? In other words, are your stored supplies capable of withstanding military action? We have to remember that the U.S. government has openly stated in as clear terms as possible that their biggest enemies are the citizens of the United States. Whether or not that it's true or not remains to be seen, but the federal government has certainly put a lot of effort into making these statements. And considering the events this year that have already surpassed the imaginations of most well-known dystopian novels, we the people now have to seriously consider military actions against us. Though it might seem a bit extreme to suggest that Cousin Timmy and his National Guard unit might be going door-to-door, -door, or setting up checkpoints on roads, or confiscating guns, or forcibly vaccinating people against their will, all of these things have already happened. So at this point, it's not hard to imagine military actions to seize control of things like food and medical supplies. Oh wait, that already happened too. We cannot change history, but we can learn from it. And the historical fact that many people have simply forgotten is that U.S. soldiers set up checkpoints on U.S. soil with the sole goal of hunting down other citizens from other states. That is a fact, and no matter how much you church it up, no one can change that fact. No amount of apologizing or actions by a court will change what happened. So we have to keep that in the back of our minds at all times, especially when considering things like logistical networks. Not only do we have to figure out how to run supplies to friends and family in need, but we also need to figure out how to get around military checkpoints on U.S. soil in order to do so. Oh, and not get caught. That's an important part. So it is important to compartmentalize your supplies and not put all of your eggs in one basket. We must always be prepared for a boot on the door or blue lights in the mirror. And we must always be prepared for the result of those incidents being the confiscation of the supplies we need to survive. But when compartmentalizing your supplies, we still need to be able to use them. Which leads to our next point. Are your logistics a 100% solution? Far too often, in warfare or in civilian life, the story has been of supplies being just a few yards short of being useful. Think about it. When it comes to logistics, it does not matter if the shipment is 10,000 miles away or if it is one mile away. That last mile is still a massive problem. In the field of logistics, 95% solutions are not acceptable. If you have to ship a box of food and medicine 100 miles away and you only make it 95 miles, 
that's not good enough. That might be what you have to do sometimes, but successful logistical networks must be capable of transferring supplies to the exact place where they are needed. And this is something that is very challenging to do, even for gargantuan governmental agencies. I cannot tell you how many packages I've had come from other nations on the other side of the planet. A logistical marvel unlike anything civilization has ever seen. Only for my diversity hire mailman to deliver my package to my next door neighbor, who then it. That package went from being 3,000 miles away from me to 10 yards away from me, which wasn't good enough. And this is the story of some of the most famous military actions around the world. From the Operation Market Garden disaster in Europe, to the Sixth Army at Stalingrad, to the entire North Africa campaign, supplies being just a bridge too far has been a major contributing factor for the failures in these campaigns. A citizen-run logistical network has to be better than this. Citizen-run logistics networks won't involve massive aerial operations, airlifting thousands of tons of supplies from hundreds of miles away. We are not going to have thousands of miles of railways transporting millions of tons of cargo from one side of the country to the other. We're not going to have C-130s. We're going to have Aunt Susan and her minivan. Or even more likely, some guy hiking supplies on his back through the backcountry areas in order to get around military checkpoints or COVID lockdowns. So being able to take this into account and figure out solutions to the last mile problem, even in contingent or non-permissive environments, is crucial for being able to be effective when others aren't. And number five, are your logistical plans, networks, and stockpiles adaptable to different situations? Unless we are billionaires, we are not going to be able to stockpile everything we need to survive. There will inevitably be something that you need that you won't have. Or one of your supply caches might get discovered and confiscated, or any number of unknown events might occur. As such, it is very important to have flexibility in your logistical networks. It's one thing to say, just be flexible, but it's another thing entirely to actually understand what that means. Fortunately, we all have had some experience with this at some point. And let's imagine a scenario to make this a little bit more clear. A family member's birthday is coming up tomorrow, so you decide to bake a cake from scratch. So you go to the grocery store and buy all of the ingredients so that you can bake the cake for the party the next day. Once you get home, you realize that you forgot to get the birthday candles. So you end up going back to the grocery store, only to find that it's now late in the day and the store is closed. So you find yourself going store to store, burning gas gallons of fuel driving all over town just to find a simple $2 pack of birthday candles. Now most people who aren't completely heartless would say, yeah, it's inefficient, but you can't have a birthday cake without candles. We would certainly agree. But the cold, black-hearted logistician would say, that's inefficient, and those $2 birthday candles are not worth the resources you expended to get them. And they would be technically right. On paper, going out to buy the candles was a waste of resources. But we do it anyway. We assign a value to those birthday candles that's much higher than their price tag because of other reasons that fall outside of the cold, hard field of logistics. So when we say be flexible, this is what we mean. Understand that things happen, and your carefully calculated preparations might not be as reflective of the real world as you might think. We laughed and mocked all of the people who were panic buying toilet paper last year. And we laughed even more when we saw rolls of toilet paper being sold on eBay for exorbitant prices. But like it or not, somebody somewhere was willing to pay that price. And considering that the toilet paper crisis lasted for months, every day that went by, more and more people were willing to take that logistical hit and do something inefficient like standing in line for toilet paper rations. And though we think these situations are humorous at the time, looking back, the toilet paper crisis could have just as easily been Tylenol instead. 
or baby formula. I don't know of anyone who would not burn a full tank of gas driving to the next state over for a small container of infant formula if they needed it. So by understanding that these things will happen, and external events will cause our carefully planned and efficient logistical networks to lose a bulk of their efficiency, we can be a little bit more prepared when it comes to events that we can't really plan for. As one starts examining the field of logistics more and more, one will inevitably realize just how big of a deal this is and how complex the field of logistics really is. In fact, we would say that there is no field more oversimplified than the field of logistics, but at the same time, these oversimplifications while necessary for basic understanding, cover up some of the more critical aspects of the whole subject area. So in short, when it comes to answering any question that pertains to logistical networks, the answer can always be a giant, well, it depends, an answer which is not really that far off from reality. But that doesn't really help us. We don't have time to get a master's degree in economics to simply understand that a toilet paper shortage is a much more serious event than an entertaining one. And I doubt that the veterans of some of humanity's most horrific wars were granted any solace when historians explained why they starved in the trenches. They lived their history as we are living ours now. And if we do not take measures to understand our history as we are living it right now, we will be doomed to live theirs too. But fortunately, we right now have the advantage. We don't have to settle for learning fortune cookie wisdom and facts and tactics and things like this. There's much more to it than that. We can dive deep and learn much more. For every seemingly minor historical note, we can learn volumes rather than the other way around of condensing volumes of historical logistical lessons into easy-to-tweet sound bites. So let's carry on learning and try to understand the overall themes of the past and not just the Sunday school lessons. Because when it comes to the field of logistics, there is no short answer to any of the questions that we might ask ourselves.